Welcome to this week's edition of World News Brief. My name is Chris Graham and I'm honored to be your host. And the title of this week's program is Resistance is Everything. Now, if you've ever watched the uh, Star, uh, Star Trek uh, TV show, uh, it has all kinds of interesting concepts. One that always struck me as just fascinating was uh, the, the Borg race. Uh, the Borg were, uh, were cyborgs, and uh, they were basically this uh, hive mind that would go around uh, taking over civilizations. And so they would have all of these different uh, cultures, and all the culture would be washed away, and all that would be left would be uh, the host body, and, uh, and it would be connected to the hive mind that would dictate everything to it. And uh, the, the very intimidating phrase that they used was, resistance is futile. You will be assimilated. And they would just say that over and over again. And in that, it, it is, uh, it's interesting to, to just think about that because ultimately that phrase was meant to dishearten, to discourage, to keep their victim from running away, to say there is no hope. Uh, you just need to give in, just give in to uh, this new reality, give in to this new normal. This is how it is now. And to resist is futile. Just, just give up. Just give up. And there's an interesting thing. When we give up, um, it, it's one thing if someone comes and violates our will and we are unable to resist but our will has been violated and we do not give up to uh, this person's violation but what what happens in the in the you know resistance is futile mindset is just give up, just give in, let your will be one with ours, let's just go the easy route. Don't struggle, don't, uh, don't try to uh, resist, just give up, right? And uh, I've got to say that um, obviously this, these elections, uh, the midterms, uh, there was an anticipation that going into these, they would be a historic rebuke to the far left uh, way that, that our country has been driven, of course, speaking of the United States, uh, over these past few years with the Biden administration. You know, while I don't, I don't think Uncle Joe is really at the driver's wheel of this bus. And if he is, I mean... <laughs> Maybe things that can fly because it sure seems like we're we're going straight towards towards some really like a perilous cliff. And if we just get there fast enough, maybe this bus can fly. And it, it doesn't have wings; it's not going to fly. I'm speaking financially. I'm speaking morally. I'm speaking all of it. it. It's crazy the direction that our country has gone. And um, so, so of course, with the elections so many people were expecting 
just a, a total rebuke of uh, the way that things have uh, been heading. And instead, it was uh, more of an endorsement, really. More of an endorsement. Um, and certainly not what we expected. If I'm being honest, it feels like we've been hijacked. It feels like our electoral process, our, our election process, has been hijacked. That's what it feels like. Our voting process has been hijacked. Uh, that is, that's the way I feel. Now... It has, the, the, these elections have been more smooth, of course, than in 2020. When the, you look at the, uh, the chart <laughs> of, of the vote, and you see Joe trailing, 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 and then miraculously at, you know, 3 or 4 a.m. after all the polls are closed, and of course, you know, weeks and weeks later, you see that 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 his vote count went vertical to surpass Trump's count, right? And and then it just flatlines to form what looks like a stylized five. And it's insane. There is no there's no world where that's normal. I mean, maybe maybe in um, you know uh, Wonderland, right? Maybe the Mad Hatter would be looking at that graph and being, you know, be like, oh, look at, look at this. This election's been so exciting, you know. And, oh, look, it, it, we went vertical there. And, and then he beat him. It's great, you know. But, I mean, it's just absurd. It's absurd. It makes no sense. So that was choppy. It, it was crazy. And, uh, but the screens have told us that it's all legit, so we're good, you know. With this election, it was it was a lot smoother. Of course, we had states that drug on, and the longer that you drag on the count, you know, I think of Arizona, where they were talking about, oh, we've got 50,000 more votes. How long is it going to take you to count 50,000 more votes? Well, maybe, maybe another week. We'll see. When I was at our tiny little polling station, and instantly had my my or our you know our little voting area in and, and uh, I'm in middle of nowhere Texas, and and I get my vote instantly counted when I, when I run it through the computer and I and I ask the lady, oh, so why why is this instant here and in places like Pennsylvania they're saying it's going to take weeks, and and she just smirked and said they must need our technology. <laughs> um. So in any time that you have a process that takes longer while they're saying, oh, no, 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 this is to ensure, this is to ensure that, that we count it correctly. Oh, it, it just casts shade on it. You, 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 you put it all in doubt the longer you take because, of course, we know that uh, that's quite likely when shenanigans happen, right? And, of course, elections have always had... Uh, certain levels of uh, strange things happening in them. The mail-in ballot becoming a new normal, becoming a large percentage of the vote, it definitely seems like that is shifting elections significantly. And given the fact that it's a lot less secure, a lot harder to authenticate, 
who actually casts a vote, uh, it's concerning. It, it should concern anyone in a democracy. I would say democracy <laughs> is more at risk when we, we don't have full control over our voting process. And the mail-in ballot is, is problematic. So it feels like we're in uh, that meme. I don't know if you've seen this, but, but there is a meme where there's uh, this uh, dog sitting at a table uh, and the house is on fire. Everything around him is on fire. And he says, this is fine. And it definitely feels like that's essentially oh, the, what we endorsed with uh, the midterms. Inflation is out of control. Gas prices were, were going to astronomical levels until they were brought down because we tapped our reserves in order to bring them down. Some would say to buy votes, but uh, we, we did tap the reserves, and we cannot continue to do that indefinitely. We are going to see unreal gas prices in the not-too-distant future. I wouldn't doubt that there will be some states that will be approaching ten dollars. I'm I'm just saying I, I I could definitely see that happening in some place like California. And and of course, what's going to be said is, oh no no we we don't want that. That's that's terrible. That's because of you know Russia or it's you know somebody else's fault. Uh, when at the same time, how did basically almost in the same moment they're saying this is actually really good. Because it's great for our environment, because it's forcing us to uh, transition to a more green, sustainable, uh, you know, uh, economy, which is ridiculous. Because at the end of the day, uh, you've got to get your electricity from somewhere, and most of it is not coming from windmills or solar, right? And, and then the batteries, you need rare earth minerals. You've got to mine all over for them. And we still don't know how to recycle them. So this whole electric is clean, it, it's it's a mirage. It It is clean in that you don't smell gasoline when you power it up. But you've got to plug it in. And that power has to come from somewhere. And eventually, uh, that battery is going to die. And is it green at all? I, I would... I would disagree because we don't even have good recycling for the batteries at this point. But again, um, inflation is more concerning. The moral direction of our country, uh, it is amazing to think that we have kids going to school and they are uh, being taught to, uh, you know, to question if they're actually a boy or a girl. You know, that, that that's kind of the new normal with, with so many schools nowadays, is to question everything about the foundation of their identity. And so, of course, when you are destroying foundational identity pieces, uh, you will have uh, major identity issues, which will, will lead to major psych psychological issues and an increase in instability there. So with, with all of that, uh, I am absolutely disappointed by the outcome of these elections. Uh, I, was, I was disappointed to the point of just, just really being disheartened. And so I, um, I was praying the other day, and uh, what really came to mind were, were two uh, pieces of scripture. Uh, 
Uh, one is Isaiah 59. And Isaiah 59, I'm just going to read the whole thing to you. It is, uh, it's worth it. So Isaiah 59 says, Behold, the Lord's hand is not shortened that it cannot save, nor is ear heavy that it cannot hear. But your iniquities have separated you from your God, and your sins have hidden his face from you, so that he will not hear. For your hands are defiled with blood, and your fingers with iniquity. Your lips have spoken lies. Your, tongues have, your tongue has muttered perversity. No one calls for justice, nor does any plead for truth. They trust in empty words and speak lies. They conceive evil and bring forth iniquity. They hatch viper eggs and weave the spider's web. He who eats of their eggs dies, and from that which is crushed a viper breaks out. Their webs will not become garments, nor will they cover themselves with their works. Their works are works of iniquity, and their acts of violence uh, is in their hands. Their feet run to evil, and they make haste to shed innocent blood. Their, shots, their thoughts are thoughts of iniquity. Wasting and destruction are in their paths. The way of peace they have not known, and there is no justice in their ways. They have made themselves crooked paths. Whoever takes this way shall not know peace. Therefore, justice is far from us, nor does righteousness overtake us. And it just goes on into this lament of, of where... Uh, of where these people are, right? And and then in uh, Isaiah fifty nine twenty one, uh, this is powerful. Okay, and, and this is this is my main takeaway. But but I, that first part is just so relevant to everything that we're we're saying. It says, "As for me," says the Lord, "this is my covenant with them, my spirit who is upon you, and my words which I have put in your mouth shall not depart from your mouth." nor from the mouth of your descendants, nor from the mouth of the descendants of your descendants, says the Lord, from this time and forevermore. And what I love in this, and it continues on at 60. 60 is a continuation of just that promise. But it's when the Lord says, as for me. And it goes right back to me, to uh, Joshua 24. And uh, uh, in Joshua he is speaking to the uh, the Israelites, uh, and he is telling them, this is a decision point for you. You can go back and serve the gods of our fathers, or you can serve the one true God who has delivered us. And, and he says, whatever way you choose, ultimately, as for me, and my house, we will serve the Lord. And what's so beautiful is in Isaiah 59, we see the Lord say, as for me, says the Lord, this is my covenant with them. And in Joshua, that same language, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. And, and I just see it as we say, as for me, what, what is done by those around me, uh, if they fall into this new morality that's being pushed, if, uh, I mean, obviously, you know, all you have to do is watch the screen to see, you know, the, the new morality, the new mentality, the, uh, this, 
new way that they're, they're trying to create humanity in, in another image is, is what it feels like. And, and so they are, they're restructuring everything. So just watch enough screen and you'll be up on exactly where they want you to be. But when we choose to say, as for me and for my house, and the Lord says, well, as for me, I make covenant with you that say, as for me, we, we will, we will serve the Lord, right? And that that was the encouragement <laughs> that I really needed after uh, uh, after the disheartening results, because because I don't see I don't see things getting better. I think they're going to get worse. I think that the um, you know the Bible also talks about the uh, uh, the wide uh, and the narrow. And wide is the, the path that leads to destruction. Narrow is uh, uh, the way, and, and few find it, right? And, and so it's it's our it's our decision point to uh, to be choosing the narrow way, to be choosing the unpopular path. To I mean, the wide way is full of entertainment. Uh, there is money in the wide way. Uh, there is uh, community in the wide way. It's not as lonely. There, there's people all around you. It makes you feel good because at the end of the day, humanity has a tendency to herd together. Uh, often if you're not part of the herd, you're seen as, you're seen as an outcast. Uh, the Bible refers to us as uh, sheep in need of a good shepherd. And the key word there is a good shepherd, which of course is, is Jesus. Uh, the world is full of bad shepherds and we are witnessing what a bad shepherd will do. I mean, ultimately I would say the bad shepherd will lead the sheep to the slaughterhouse. And we are seeing, um, the various, uh, uh, influential organizations. I think of the world economic forum, uh, but we, we are being led into a place of famine we're being led into a place of a lower standard of living and uh, the opposite of prosperity. Uh, we're being led to a new level of oppression, I would say. Uh, it's interesting because Marxism, the entire uh, thrust of Marxism is to help the oppressed, right? Well, that, that, that's what's always said in order to sell it. But when you look at places like communist China, that they, they are overflowing with oppression. And that is controlling the population is ultimately where, where it all leads. If you're not living in freedom, you're moving in a direction of control. While uh, we are being told resistance is futile, this is the way it's going to be. Again, I remind you that resistance is everything. Uh, in Ephesians 6, uh, it goes through the, the full armor of God. And after putting on all of the being equipped with the things that the Lord has given us, he says, uh, having done everything to stand, stand. And it's a promise that as we do not succumb, that it, 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 it may cost us everything, but we are called to be a people who stand. We're called to be a people who bring hope and light. 
the the wide way is an empty way uh, it's a shallow way and ultimately there are uh, people that that need hope uh, my wife and I were in the grocery store the other day and we we ran into this young mom uh, in the checkout line and she my wife started a conversation with her she needed hope uh, we, we ended up blessing her and, you know, buying, you know, just what she had to, to in, in the heart of blessing her. And it brought her to tears. It gave her hope. That is what we're called to as a people. And again, we are called to stand. And that is uh, what we will continue to do here on the World News Brief. And thank you for listening. Uh, my name is Chris Graham, and it has been an honor to be your host. Please tune in next week.